Good evening, my friends, and welcome to a bonus episode of Terror Radio Podcast. And this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. And this is a celebration. I am almost at 6,000 downloads and streams, which is absolutely amazing. I never thought... I'm completely flabbergasted right now and ecstatic and very motivated to keep on with this podcast giving you more and more old time radio shows as well as original stories I also want to give shout outs to Good Pods Feed Spot Friday Night Wine Fight Podcast Canary P.I. Podcast Minstrel of Horror that love podcast neon shadows a noir tale tremorphonic horror excuse me tremorphonic horror story podcast and horror retrospective and i'm sure there's many more that i've forgotten but these platforms showed me so much love and have been so supportive and it's so duly appreciated i will be probably towards end of month taking a few weeks for a hiatus and starting back with the second season towards the middle of April. And along with, obviously, the horror and suspense old-time radio programs, as well as the original narrations, I will also be featuring original audio plays, or audio scripts, if you will, which I am so excited about. So, without further ado... This is Terror Radio. Tonight features the original story, She Waited, which is a very creepy but enticing story about revenge. (laughs) You know that seems to be my favorite subject. And following that is another one of my favorite radio shows, Lights Out. And this story featured tonight is called Little Old Lady, was first broadcasted on May 25th, 1943. So, let's get started. You know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and let's listen to She Waited, followed by Little Old Lady. She Waited. Book One. Rhonda Hubert never seemed to mind being referred to as that crazy woman who lived near the woods. In fact, she reveled in this implication. She never had to worry about the neighborhood children skulking around her home, trying to catch a glimpse of the notorious evil witch who cast spells on naughty little boys and girls and feasted on their bones when they died. (laughs) In fact, the little brats were too terrified to even walk past her home for fear of their souls being ravished. The outlandish tales that swirled throughout the town about Rhonda and her eccentricities were based solely on ignorance, but they were entertaining nonetheless. At a mere five foot five and barely weighing a hundred pounds, Rhonda marveled at her ability to incite such dread and panic, 
Even as a child, people seemed to cringe whenever she walked into the room. Whenever she spoke, her words always brought about frantic whispers and icy stares. Raised solely by her mother, Laura, who was also known for her unusual idiosyncrasies, Rhonda was reared to believe she did possess certain gifts and abilities that set her apart from others. Her mother taught her to bask in the hatred felt by those who didn't understand her beliefs, take solace in their fear. Rhonda would watch in awe as her mother was subjected to vile comments and hurtful insults, and instead of retaliating, she would merely respond with a smirk and a wink, but strays and occurrences would follow. When Pastor Jenkins' wife spanned Laura's face and called her the devil's whore, she just flashed a quick smile and whispered something to the aging woman's ear. To this day, no one knows what was said, but later that evening, the pastor discovered his wife lying face down in a puddle of blood. She had bitten off her tongue. A few days later, she was declared insane and spent the remainder of her years in the psychiatric ward. Pastor Jenkins forbade Laura and her daughter to set foot in his church and condemned them to a lifetime of torment and misery, which Laura always found amusing. (laughs) So much for forgiveness, she would scoff. On Rhonda's 18th birthday, her mother disappeared. After preparing breakfast and giving her daughter a kiss on the cheek, she walked out of her home, never to return. There were those who claimed to have seen her walking towards the woods, while others swore they saw her hitch a ride with some unsavory character and vanish down the road. Whatever happened, there was a sense of relief, if you will, when she departed. It was as if the entire town could breathe again. No one ever questioned her disappearance or dared to talk amongst themselves about her whereabouts or what became of her. Many believe the shadow of evil would again befall the town by just the mere mention of her name. So she was forgotten, buried away like a dirty little secret no one wanted to divulge. Book 2 To everyone's amazement and dismay, Rhonda seemed almost cavalier about her mother's desertion. There was a lack of emotion, no tears, no panic, no concern. She would stroll through the town as if she hadn't a care in the world, greeting everyone with a smile. Some viewed this as an unadulterated disrespect, and soon the whispers began. Behind closed doors, when the lights were dim, the children asleep, and the moon illuminated the night sky, Hushed voices would stir the pot of gossip and hearsay. And before long, a disturbing question dripped off the tongues of many. Had Rhonda done something sinister to her mother? Images of carnage and death clouded the minds of several townspeople who suffered from an overzealous imagination. Stories of devil worshipping, witchcraft, human sacrifices, etc., spun through the grapevine like a spider's web. Soon, 
Rhonda became a pariah, another outcast to shun and fear. But unlike her mother, she began to slowly erase herself from the town. She loathed these people, who to her were nothing more than a bunch of closed-minded hicks. Their existence was an annoyance to her world, which consisted of deliberate retribution for past wrongs. Her mother's burden would become Rhonda's victory. She had been schooled well and understood why she had been left at such an early age to fend for herself. Survival was a necessity which couldn't be compromised. The vultures are beginning to swarm, her mother would warn. And if they smell fear, they will attack, and there will be nothing left but blood and bones. Rhonda always knew she would be the one to attack first if need be. So, she patiently waited. Twenty years to the day her mother disappeared, an agonizing scream came from Rhonda's home, piercing through the tranquility of the evening. Terror seized hold of the residents like a vice. No one wanted to speculate who or what could have made such a horrifying sound, but its implications echoed throughout the entire town. The following day, pandemonium ensued when it was discovered one of the locals was missing. Taylor Ransom, the sheriff's 18-year-old son, had a penance for meddling into affairs which didn't concern him or could place him in a very awkward situation. As a child, he had heard the many stories about Rhonda and her wicked ways and was warned time and time again to keep his distance from the woman branded as evil. <laughs> Curiosity may have killed the cat, but discovering the truth resurrected it. So Taylor, brimming from head to toe with the characteristic teenage swagger and defiance, planned to venture out towards the woods after school. He was taken aback when she invited him in. He had been looming outside her home, skulking in the darkness like some amateurish peeping Tom, hoping to catch a glimpse of the infamous ent Enchantress. When the front door slowly opened, Taylor had to fight the urge to flee. Rhonda stood in the doorway with a faint smirk on her lips. The speck of light streaming from inside cast a shadow above her head, giving her the impression of a dark halo. Her eyes were piercing and seemed to cast a spell on the young man. Taylor found herself completely captivated as well as aroused. Gone were the gruesome images he had created in his psyche from years of heeding to horror stories told by his overly protective father. The delicate vision that stood in front of him was neither threatening nor hostile. Rhonda held out her hand. Be my guest for the evening, she purred. Someone hesitant, but intrigued, Taylor smiled and allowed himself to be led into the house. Hours later, his scream echoed through the woods. Book Three Sheriff Ransom, with his deputy by his side, banged, banged on Rhonda's front door with such ferocity his knuckles bled. The night air was peppered with threats and obscenities. Suddenly, a high-pitched, almost manic laughter came from inside the house. Overcome with frustration and rage, Ransom charged through the front door like a raging bull. The laughter abruptly stopped. The house was silent. 
As the men anxiously scanned their surroundings, the sound of footsteps caused them to draw their weapons. They stood stock still as the steps grew closer. To their surprise and delight, Taylor appeared from around the corner. His father let out a sigh of relief and embraced his son. When questioned about Rhonda and the events that took place the night before, Taylor was evasive, almost secretive. As they drove away minutes later, he looked back at the house and let out a low chuckle. Later that same night, Sheriff Ransom was restless and couldn't sleep. Not wanting to disturb his wife, he quietly tiptoed out of the bedroom. As soon as he entered the hallway, he noticed a light coming from his son's room. He thought Taylor had gone to bed hours ago. He could see movement from under the bed and hear the sounds of muffled voices. Without bothering to knock, Ransom entered the room. He found his son sitting on the edge of his bed, staring directly at him. I know what you did, he said accusingly. What are you talking about, son? Taylor let out a low and menacing laugh, which caused the sheriff to quiver in fear. She showed me, Dad, Taylor explained. You were the one to be feared, not her. Ransom couldn't speak. His body was drenched with sweat. You were the vulture waiting to feed on the bones. Ransom closed his eyes as his son regurgitated word for word the events, which occurred over 20 years ago. Images of Laura Hubert's pain-stricken face as he began striking her over and over and over again with the butt of his gun played through his mind like a warped movie screen. His lips curled into a slight grin as he remembered burying her body in the woods, knowing her disappearance would never be questioned or investigated. Was it the baby that made you do it? The question jolted Ransom back into the land of living. What? Taylor was now standing in front of him with one hand behind his back. Or knowing you were cheating on mom. Taylor, or maybe you didn't want anyone to know you were screwing a witch. Ransom slapped him. With a demonic chuckle, Taylor revealed. She knew what you had done, and she waited patiently all these years. Waited for what? To take from you what you took from her. Suddenly, Taylor's hand, which was holding a butcher knife, darted from, his, darted from behind his back, and he forcefully dug the blade deep into his throat, hitting the jugular. Blood erupted from the womb like carbonation from a soda can. Ransom, still in shock, let out an agonizing scream as he watched his son fall to the floor. As he bent down and held the dying boy in his arms, his deafening wailings ripped through the town. Now, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but several people swear on their graves of their loved ones that they had seen Rhonda outside of the sheriff's home softly singing happy birthday and she was walking hand in hand with the ghost of her mother. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out Everybody Thank you.
Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Obler. Tonight, a strange story about ordinary people. Two girls just like you or your daughter or the girl who works next to you in the office. But first, Frank Martin. Worried because you're underweight and frazzled out? Miserable because you lack the pep and strength and energy you need these busy days? Well, cheer up. Very possibly, you simply need more vitamin B1 and iron than you're getting from your food. And pleasant little ironized yeast tablets supply both of these vital substances. They've been of amazing benefit to thousands with these deficiencies. Gains of glorious new pep and strength and needed pounds within just a few short weeks are nothing unusual. That's right, ironized yeast tablets. And now, lights out. Everybody. think we're still in the United States? I'm beginning to doubt it. Are you sure you got the right address? Of course. Well, don't be so dogmatic. You have made mistakes. Sounds as if you're starting to get annoyed. Well, I am. You've been driving so long, my back feels as if somebody were doing a big apple on it. Oh, we'll be there soon enough. You know, Alice, sometimes that calm nature of yours makes me good and tired. You sound as if you want to quarrel. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that... Oh, I looked forward to this vacation for weeks, and now that it's happening, well, it isn't so much fun. Oh, wait till you get to my Aunt Harriet's. You can curl up in the alfalfa and sleep for days. Sleep. Oh, that's a lovely word. Just imagine sleeping as long as you want without having to worry about making an 8 o'clock class. Perfect. But are you sure you know where your Aunt Harriet lives? I've run out of synonyms for, of course I do. I just like to reassure myself. I certainly hope she has soft beds. Oh, and that reminds me, you did send her that letter that we're coming. No. Say that again? No, I didn't send the letter. You mean to say that she doesn't even know that we're coming to stay with her? Well, I decided it'd be more fun if we sort of surprised her. Well, of all the brainstorms, walking in on somebody you haven't seen for ten years and expecting her to welcome you. She's my only aunt, isn't she? But but maybe she won't have room for it. Don't us. be silly. I told you Aunt Harriet lives alone and likes it. Well, maybe she won't like it if we barge in on her. Don't be silly. Of course we'll be welcome. From what I've heard, she's a little old darling. When you were eight, she was a darling. For all you know, she's taken the welcome mat in years ago. Oh. Wait a minute. Didn't you say we were supposed to go down Camden Road three miles? Yes. Then you are lost. That sign back there, this isn't Camden Road. You're silly. I saw it with my own eyes. It said Pig Snackle Road. Oh. There, see that? Pig Snackle Road. You are wrong. Pig Snackle Road. That's too good to be true. Are you crazy laughing at a name of a place when you haven't got any idea where you are in my Oh, back... don't be silly. I'm sure we'll find... Hey, there. There it is. There's what? The edge of the world? Oh, no, the crossroad. The entrance to Aunt Harriet's place ought to be just a little bit beyond oh, it. That's what you say. Well, yes. There it is. Here, here we turn here. Turn. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What are you trying to do? Turn over? Oh, it won't be long now. Oh, you're telling me. This is no road. It's a cow path. <laughs> Aunt Harriet likes privacy. Oh. I remember Dad and Mother used to say that. Another 
hundred feet on this road, and I won't need a bed. I'll need a stretcher. Come on, slow down. I knew it. What a road. Even the tires couldn't take it. What do we care? Aunt Harriet's place just a little ways down. We'll walk. You mean leave the car right here in the middle of the road? It's Aunt Harriet's own private road. No one will bother it. Oh, come on. Take your bag. Let's get out of here. Oh, all right. I'm just a stooge. Come on, let's go. We'll just be in time for dinner. That's what you think. What do you mean? I mean, maybe your Aunt Harriet doesn't like guests who walk in just like that. <laughs> hey, Alice, now what are you stopping for? Well, I... I just noticed. Noticed what? How dark it's getting. So what? Come on. When the sun starts setting, it gets dark. I learned that in Physical Science 101. Yeah, but back there on the road, it was so light, and here it's so dark, and... What's the matter with you? Are you going to take your suitcase and come on, or are you going to stand there being afraid of the dark? I'm all right. So many trees around here. No wonder it's dark. If that Aunt Harriet of yours wants privacy, she sure got it. And I hope when we get there, I'll have the same... Lona. Now what? Look at that mist coming up through the trees. Yeah. Like long, white, curling fingers. Oh, stop that, will you? It... It's just that it's getting late. Colder, moisture's condensing. Oh, will we ever get there, riding and walking? Have you actually got an Aunt Harriet? Come on, let's go hey, back. Hey, wait, Lona, there it is. Huh? Hallelujah, it is a house. Well, it's about time. It's about time. Knock harder, Alice. Knock harder. It hurts my knuckle. Oh, let me. She, she must be home. There's a light upstairs. And you were going to surprise her, eh? Oh, but she never leaves this place. Oh, go on. You don't even know that she lives here. Fine business. Car with a flat stuck in the middle of nowhere. Nobody home in this godforsaken place. Me so tired I could sleep standing on my head. But she must be home. You're repeating yourself. Oh, if this is a vacation. Hey, wait a minute, wait. Wait, there's someone at the door. Oh, yes. Yes? Oh, what do you want? I'm I'm looking for a... I mean, are you Miss Saugus? Yes, yes. Oh, what do you want? Well, then you are Aunt Harriet. Hallelujah again. Who's calling me Aunt Harriet? Who, I say, who are you? <laughs> well, I'm Alice. Alice Preston. <laughs> Alice? Oh, yes, yes. Bless my soul. I know you. Come in. Come in. Hallelujah, we're here. Come in. Come in and close the door. Oh, Aunt Harriet, you don't know how glad I am to see you. Did we have a time getting here? Yes. yes. Uh, come right in here. Right in here. There, there, Lona. I told you we'd be welcome. She didn't even ask who I was. Now, put your things down here and sit down and make yourself comfortable. Thanks. Aunt Harriet, this is my girlfriend, Lona Stevens. We roomed together at the university, and I asked her to come along with it's me. It's all because... right, my child. Fine. It's all right. Anyone's welcome. Anyone at all. Oh, that's very kind of you, Aunt Harriet. I hope you won't mind my calling you that, but Alice I always... I my child. It's all right. A name's a name. Now, sit here and be comfortable. I'll get some tea. Oh, no, really, Aunt Harriet. Well, apparently your Aunt Harriet does what she wants to do. <laughs> Doesn't she? Oh, well, as long as we're here. Hmm. Like something out of a museum, isn't it? What? The house, the furnishings. <laughs> Look at the chairs and that sofa. Are they prehistoric or are they prehistoric? Yeah, I uh, I didn't think she was so old. Oh, oh, you mean your aunt? Yes. Oh well, after all, in ten years living alone out in this godforsaken place, I sort of think she's nice. Do you? Oh, 
taking us right in and not asking us all sorts of silly questions. That's the kind of relative to have. You know, if I were to go barging in on any of mine, first they'd give me a third degree on how come I was away from school, and then they'd give me another third degree on how long I was going to stay. Lona. I... What's the matter? Back there in the shadows. What? What, what is it? I don't... There's something moving. Why, it's a dog. Oh. Why, no, it's... It's a cat. Cat? It is a, a cat. Not a cat. Look at the size of it. Tiger. Lona, what do we do? Don't move. If we do, it'll... Now, here's your tea, young lady. Nice, warm tea. Just what you need. Aunt Harriet. What's the matter? What? Oh, he's frightened you. What? What is it? You've got eyes, haven't you? Well, yes, but, it's, but I... It's so I dark in that corner, we can't hardly tell. It, it's not a tiger, is Don't it? Don't talk nonsense. Well, what is it? He shouldn't be here at all. It's much too early for him. Aunt Harriet, didn't you hear me? I, I asked you what it is. Well, what do you think he is? It can't be a cat. Why, he's as big as a oh, police dog. Right. All right, come upstairs. I'll show you to your room. Now, this way, I'll show well, you Aunt to your Harriet, room. I don't... Come along. I say, I'll come along up these stairs. Come on, Alice. Why don't Come you? on, we better do as she says. All right. You must be tired, you two. But, Aunt Harriet, how could it be a cat when we... talk no have... more about it. Talk no more about it now. We'll talk about that tomorrow morning. In here, my dears. In here. Come on, Alan. But why doesn't she answer me? There, you see? A very comfortable room for both of you to rest in. Nice white bed. Everything clean. But, Aunt Harriet, wait just a minute. I want to find out something about this. Forget it, Alice. Whatever it is, you can find out in the morning. But that cat... Oh, cat, cat. Can't you say anything but cat? It was so huge. Nothing. We we just imagined it, that's all. I mean, there in the shadows, it looked monstrous. You heard it. It sounded just like an ordinary tomcat. But I saw You didn't see any more than I saw, and I think it was just a long shadow that got us fooled, that's all. Yes. uh, That could be it. Couldn't it? Of course. You remember in Psych 101 class, old Pudgy Wudgy told us about the tricks your eyes play in bad light when it comes to judging signs. Yeah, Yeah, I I remember. Local signs, they called it. Right. Well, that's the way it was with that cat. I'll bet you your Aunt Harriet thinks we're both a little screwy. That's why she got us up here to bed in a hurry. Oh, bed. Isn't that a wonderful word? And will we sleep? I... I hope so. Alice. What? You're not sleeping either, are you? No. I, am. Um... I wanted to talk to you for hours, but I wasn't sure. I thought you were asleep. Somehow I I can't. Me neither. I can't understand why. I'm the one who was crying how tired I was. The bed's so comfortable. The house is quiet enough. The house. Huh? Maybe that's why we can't sleep. What do you mean? There's something about the house. What? Something... That, that won't let us sleep. Oh, you're crazy. No, I, I'm not. It's just that, well, that we're too tired to sleep, that's all. Yes, that's it. Too tired, nerves on edge. Well, I've been lying here for hours trying to figure it out. 
Now I know. Will you stop talking like that? Don't you feel it, Lona? Don't you? Well, I... Tell the truth. You do feel it. Something heavy in the air, you know, pressing down on us. I'm, I'm awfully frightened, Lona. Awfully. Well, you're not going to frighten me. Why, why, this is your own Aunt Harriet's house. She's down there sleeping and she... Wow. That, that cat. Yeah. Sounds huge, doesn't it? Uh, that's because it's so quiet in the house. Lona, there's another one. I tell you, there's two of them. Lona, listen to them. They're not ordinary cats. Listen to them. gentlemen, we leave our lights-out story of little old lady for just a moment to accompany a young lady who's calling on a friend. Hey, Sue, how about taking a walk? It's a wonderful day. Not me. I'm too tired. I don't know where you get all your pep. I'm always tired. I'm losing weight. I can't sleep. What can be wrong with me? Very possibly you simply need more vitamin B1 and iron. You see... When you don't get enough vitamin B1 from your food, you may lose your appetite. Not eat all you need to keep your weight and strength up to par. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and pale and feel frazzled out. But if I don't get enough of those things from my food, how can I get them? Ironized yeast tablets supply both vitamin B1 and iron. Thus, ironized yeast helps two ways in these deficiencies. Helps you two ways to regain weight and pep and sparkle. So... If you need more vitamin B1 and iron, get ironized yeast tablets right away. Tonight. See if soon you aren't saying... Talk about pep. I'm fairly bursting with it now I've regained this nice weight. My, but I'm glad I tried ironized yeast tablets. And now back to our lights out story of Little Old Lady. I'll call Aunt Harriet. She'll tell me. She'll make them stop. Alice, wait. Don't go out there, you little fool. Aunt Harriet, I've got Get away to from that you. door. Listen to those things down there. Listen to no. them. No. No, I can't stand any more of it. Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet, make them stop. Aunt Harriet. They've... They've gone. What? What were they? Could two cats make all that noise? Aunt Harriet, why don't you come in here? No, no, Alice, don't open that door. Oh, but Aunt Harriet, why doesn't she answer me? She must know what it's all about. Why doesn't she? Wait. What? Listen. Someone's coming up the stairs. Yes. My... My Aunt Harriet? It... It's not quite like footsteps. The cat's... Maybe the door. Cats can't open doors. It's right outside the door. 
I can hear, can't I? Is it a cat? Of course it is. You don't think so either, do you? It's just sitting there. Yes. Let it sit there. I'm so afraid. When morning comes, we'll get out of here. Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet, why don't you answer me? Oh, stop that. There's, There's something outside of our door, Aunt Harriet. We don't know what it is. What's the use of calling her? She won't answer you. Why do you say that? Because she hasn't answered us and she won't. But she's in the house. She must know. Wait. <gasps> Trying to get in. As long as the door is shut. We're, we're safe enough. Aunt Harriet. Oh, please wake up, Aunt Harriet. No. What? Look. Doorknob. It's turning. Oh. Alice. Can't, can't open doors. You mean... You mean Aunt Harriet? Yes. Yes, it, it must be Aunt Harriet. <laughs> she's ill and she's trying to open the door. I'll open it for her. No. Oh, no, Lorna, stay away from that door. I'm afraid. Oh, oh don't. Come right in, Aunt Harriet. this county. Hurry, you must help me. Now, wait a minute. Please. Are you with the girls who left that car on the side road back in the woods? Uh, car, yes. Yes, we, we left our car there. Oh. oh, hurry. Please help me, my my friend Lona. Joe, uh, these oh, are the no, girls. Car, we found your car in the woods no. and we've been looking for you for hours. Please don't stand there talking. Hurry. We've got to help her. It's killing her. Killing her? Joe, did you hear what she said? Oh, talk, hurry. 
Please, hurry. Please, hurry. I beg of you. All right, all right. Now, take it easy, sister. Uh, this is the house, ain't it? Yes, yes. Oh, yes, this is the place. The old Sorgas house. Yeah. Uh, try the door, Joe. Hurry. Just it's open, it. Sheriff. Push well, let's go. She's upstairs. She's upstairs. Nobody down here, Sheriff. Here. All right, oh, let's get up there. Here. I don't know what this is all about, but I'm soon going to find out. Lona. Lona, we're coming for you. Lona, we're coming. Hey, what room is right, it, Sheriff? Right here, that room. That room right there. Hurry. It's killing her. Get your gun out, Joe. Please. Door is partly open. Oh, okay, kick in. it open. Please. Watch yourself. Careful, Joe. Oh, Sheriff. Sit, you stay here. Lona. Sheriff, there's nobody in this room. Lona. Huh? Look for yourself. Oh, well, now, what the... Lona. Lona, where are you? Now, wait a minute, sister. Are you sure that... The... Yes. Yes, she was here. Right here. It came in the door jumped at her. I turned. I ran. I jumped out of the window. Hey, this window ain't broke. But I tell you, I went through it. See? See my arm? Yeah. But, but there's no one in here. Oh, in the bed? I why, it ain't even messed up. Oh, Did you say you two we were, were sleeping, sister? We were. Oh, no. Where are you? What has it done with you? Aunt Harriet. Hmm? She'll know. Or, or, or has it killed her, too? Sir, come quick, come quick. Bring the girl. Oh, come along, sister. Uh, Joe, what is it? Look in there. Aunt Harriet. Old lady sitting in the rocker and knitting. Oh, Aunt Harriet. Lona, where is she? What happened? Oh, Aunt Harriet, please tell me. Yeah, yeah, tell us all. And might I ask what this is all about? Aunt Harriet, what's the matter? Didn't you hear anything? Lona, that... That horrible cat thing. What did it do to her? Answer me, what did it do? Would you gentlemen tell me who is this hysterical young girl? Aunt Harriet. Now, look here. Don't you know who this girl is? certainly do not. But, Aunt Harriet, I'm Alice. I came here with Lona. Don't you remember? You must be mistaken. I've been alone all night. You hear that, Joe? No, no, I was here. Lona and I did come here. It's a horrible joke. That's what it is. Aunt Harriet, please, please tell him you're just joking. Lona, where is she? I don't know what you're talking about. I never saw you before in all my life. No. Oh, no, that, that's not true, Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet now, wait a minute, you... wait a minute. Where I've had she... about enough of this out of you, sister. Chasing up here with all that bunkum about cats no. and killings no. and all that. No. Mm. Everything I you, said um, to you. You better come along with us. Everything I said to you was true. It uh, was jo- true. Joe, take her other no. arm. No. No, let go of come me. Come on now. Oh, please, don't Aunt Harriet, don't let them take me away. Come Those on, horrible sister. cat things. I tell you, there were two of them oh, here. Oh, come on, come oh, on. Don't let them take me now, away. Now, don't mind her, old lady. We'll take care of her. Yes. Take good cat of her. Cracked little thing. <laughs> now, come on, sister. No. Wait. Look at her teeth as she laughs. Look at her teeth. Mother in heaven, they're, they're cat's teeth. And their hands. They're, they're claws. No. No. Stay away from me. Grab her, Joe. Stop, you. Let me go. Stop. Stop my Let me go. Oh, in my arms! Get her, Joe! She's getting away! 
No. Dead. Oh. Oh, Aunt Harriet. Oh, she, she's no aunt of anything human. I can tell you that. Look at her. But, but my Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet Saugus. Saugus? You hear that, Sheriff? Yeah. So you... You came here thinking she was Mrs. Saugus. Did you, girl? Yes. Yes, Lona and I. And... And Lona must... Must be dead now. How could my aunt do what she did? How could she? This thing is no aunt of yours, child. Your Aunt Harry Saugus died in this house three years ago. And she left... Two cats. My dear Mr. Obler. Oh, come, come, Frank. Don't tell me you don't believe tonight's story. <laughs> Should I? Frank, um, did you ever hear of lycanthropy? Le, the who? Lycanthropy. I was looking it up just then. That's why I didn't answer you. <laughs> it's a form of illusion in which the person imagined he's a wolf. Oh, yeah. Main Street's full of them. No, no, seriously. Only a handful of years ago, it was the firm belief of many people that certain human beings could turn into animals. But more of that in just a moment. Friends, if more vitamin B1 and iron is all you need to help build yourself up, get ironized yeast tablets. Of course, there are cases where a rundown condition may be due to other causes. If in doubt, see your doctor. But if vitamin B1 and iron shortage is your trouble, remember, ironized yeast has been so successful in such cases that it's sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't begin to eat better, to look and feel stronger, peppier, and more alive, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Now, Mr. Obler, what about those wolves? Do you think that people can turn into wolves and can't? And poor fish? No. But under certain provocations, the human mind can certainly transform itself into many peculiar forms. Even we who are uh, normal... Haven't we met women who are catty, men who are brave as lions, and others who made you wonder whether they were men or mice? But even if you've had some doubt about people turning into animals, there's no doubt about what waste kitchen fats turn into. Oh, what a transition, but, but seriously, what every American wants is the news that Berlin has fallen, that the stars and stripes are flying over Tokyo. And ladies, you, Mrs. Johnson, wrote me last week, and you, Mrs. Stauffer, and, and all the rest of you. There is a vital part which only you can play in that final victory. Only you can furnish the kitchen fats which are needed so desperately to make explosives. Now, with the loss of most of our sources of supply in the Pacific, Uncle Sam must look to you for the fats our plants must have. You and only you can supply them. Now, you say you can't save enough to count now that meat and fats are rationed? Then listen to this. As little as one tablespoon of fat a day amounts to a pound in a month. That pound of waste fat will send to Hitler and Hirohito with your compliments a half pound of dynamite, ten rounds from an airplane cannon, four anti-aircraft shells. And mind you, the government doesn't want them until they're too dark or too strong for your further use. Then and only then, pour them into a smooth-edged can, sell them to your butcher, and within three weeks' time, they'll be in a munitions plant on their way to the fighting fronts to do their vital share for victory. Make your waste kitchen fats uh, to your butcher the first thing tomorrow morning so our boys can give your answer to the Japs and Nazis at the earliest possible moment. Now, Frank, let's talk about next week's story. Next week, just an experiment, entirely different type of lights-out story. An entirely different approach. There's love and a boy and a girl in it. Now, it's a story I did a very long time ago to a rather limited audience. 
And I know that you, 13 millions who listen to Lights Out, will enjoy The Ugliest Man in the World next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, The Ugliest Man in the World. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. But remember, there's only one ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. It's only the beginning of the white shoe season, but it's never too soon to start caring for your white shoes to keep them in good wearing condition. So clean your shoes with Energene Shoe White. It's made with the very whitest pigment obtainable, only the very whitest. It spreads over shoes evenly, dries easily, helps keep your shoes looking their whitest and best longer. So buy Energene Shoe White. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, that's our show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening and joining me. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I always say this, there's more to come. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970 or look me up on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd or Twitter, Radio Show Nerd 1. Again, this is Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off. <laughs>